A warm Bridgie welcome to Tim Kelly. Thanks, Tim. There's a lot of Thanks, Jodie. Yes, it's a it's a real honour for me to come today and uh, um, speak to you. To, and um, you know, especially especially being Grandparents Day, and I'm a grandparent, but uh, and so um, yeah, just it's just such an honour. I mean, it's such a beautiful complex, beautiful people, and and it's it's just great. It's it's a total different atmosphere than what I'm used to. And so, uh, you know, I run those rodeo schools and, and, you know, we'll have 12 students and their parents sitting there, um, you know, nervously sitting there and then a few other people and come and, but anyway, um, it's just, it's just amazing. So, so, so um, I'm just going to share some things today just about um, what we do at the rodeo schools and, and, um, and how I came involved. I mean, he said, uh, um, the rodeo preacher, I was everything but that for a long time. And so, um, but at the rodeo schools, <clears throat> it doesn't matter, um, um, you know, how tall you are, how short you are, or, um, you know, even, even what age you are. But, but the idea of the schools is we take you another step further. If you've never been on one, you get on one. If you've never, you know, if you've never ridden one time, we try and make it so that you can ride one time. And so, um, so what, we're, what we're doing there is, is taking um, each person just the next step. And so um, that was kind of what I had in mind today um, for the message was to, for you to go the next step. And, um, and so that's... that's um, kind of the, the, um, the message. So, so um, and I was thinking about myself, you know, um, I, was, I was brought up in church and, and um, you know, we'd go every Saturday night and, and it'd go for 55 minutes and, and, and I was just, you know, just young and, and, and in that 55 minutes I'd ride every steer, every calf that I've ever thought about till the 55 minutes was up and then I'd go, <laughs> you know. But in that time I, I learned about God and I had knowledge of God. I learned about um, the knowledge um, of who God was, but but what I didn't realise was how to have a personal relationship with Jesus, and so um, so I spent the next until I was 19, um, 19 years old. I was um, picked to go to the Calgary Stampede and um, represent Australia, and and in that meantime there, what I did learn to do was drink, and so we all drank. I mean everybody drank. I didn't even want to drink when we when I first started at 12. Um, but, but because everyone else did, well, I thought, well, you know, I've got to be a part of this, um, this group here. So, um, but anyway, so this is, this is what life was like. I'm at the Calgary Stampede. Um, it's the biggest rodeo in Canada and, um, and representing Australia. So, so, um, so I did what I normally do. I just drank all day. And then um, I, and when, when that was over, I'd get on my knees, go, go back to where I was staying, get on my knees and pray, God help me, God help the um, you know the rest of the cowboys and help everybody else and you know I was kind of I was a mess, <laughs> put it that way. But you know um, in 1980 um, I was I was 20. I went back for eight months there and and a guy came there and and he he um, he was he was a preacher on the rodeo circuit in Canada and um, and he came up he'd come up to me and he was he befriended me for the eight months that I was there. And, um, and I can remember he'd say, um, what horse have you got or what bull have you got? And, um, and I'd say such and such and say, well, praise the Lord, you know. And I'd think, whoa, you know, just steady, steady down, especially with all my mates around, you know. I mean, um, but, but he's, he got, I'd become good friends with him. And at the end of the eight months, he gave me a Bible 
and underlined a scripture in um, 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 3 John chapter 1, verse 2, says, Beloved, I pray that, in, that you prosper, be in good health just as your soul prospers. And I took the Bible off him and thanked him, and I didn't have a clue what this meant. I, I didn't even know what, it, what he was talking about, what that was talking about. But for the next 18 months, I tried to understand what that was, what that, what that um, verse meant. And I'd, I'd go and I'd read full chapters, and I'd close it up, and I couldn't remember the ends and the these after I'd closed it up. I was in a complete mess. And anyway, in 1982, they had a World Cup rodeo. It was the world's first million-dollar rodeo. Now, it was going to be in Melbourne and Sydney. And so I thought, if I go down there, I was empty. I knew about God, but I was empty. And I thought, this is, there's got to be more. I was down there, and, um, and to cut a long story short, I, I um, would do the same thing, you know, we'd drink all day, and then we, we, I'd pray and say, God, give me a good horse and let me win. And I mean, um, so I drew one of the best horses that was there and did the best ride I've ever done. But when the horse, and I thought, well, Les, I'll win 8,000, you know, and got off just like I did on that movie, on the, the video there. But, um, and I thought, as I was walking back, I thought, I'll win it today, I'll win 8,000. And so as I was walking back, the announcer said, um, you, um, you know, it was a great ride, but, but um, you missed him out. What all that means is your feet weren't in the right place when the horse turned. That means nothing to you, meant 8,000 to me. He says he's disqualified. But um, as I walked across back across that arena, um, I, I remembered that there was guys there from the US that were having these church services there, and I saw some of the world champions going to, you know, to, to this meeting hall. Some of them had guitars and stuff, and, um, you know, I saw this guy walking along with a guitar, and I, as I was walking across, I thought, I don't care what it takes. I'm, I don't care if I lose all my friends. I don't care if I don't go to another rodeo. I'm going to find out what these guys have got that I haven't got. I went into that, went in that day, and I heard for the first time, how to receive Jesus as Lord and Saviour, how we were separated from God, how we need to just receive Jesus as Lord and Saviour. A, a guy from God's squad got up and gave his testimony and um, I thought if God can help him, he can help me. And, and, um, and that day I gave my life to the Lord and prayed and asked Jesus to come into my life and everything changed. It all changed. And, um, and the first scripture that I saw was, it's, it says that Isaiah sensed that, though your sins be as scarlet. And that's how I felt. I felt I'd, I've done some horrific things. But those, as your sins be as scarlet, I can take them out and make you as fresh as fresh as fallen snow. And, so, and that's how I felt. And I can remember driving back out of um, Melbourne and Sydney and, and um, there's, there's a scripture that says the trees of the field shall clap their hands. And it was like I could see the trees nearly clapping their hands. So it was just amazing. And, and the journey started. It was just that connection. That, that, that guy that came and those people that came, um, they were ordinary people doing extraordinary things, telling about Jesus. And, and, and that's, that's what I wanted to share with the, you this morning is that you can be an ordinary person and do extraordinary things in God. And so um, I remember just a, a few weeks later, I was, I was at a rodeo and, um, and a guy was on a horse there and, and I'd been listening to a lot of tapes and all this kind of stuff and there was a guy and, and reading the Bible and there was a guy on a horse and the horse come out at Crow's Nest Rodeo, the horse turned out, I watched him get on him, he ready for the gate, come out and the horse went end for end with him. So what that means is that he puts his head, he bucked too high, put his head down underneath him, and the first thing that hits the ground is the guy's face. 
And so, um, and then the whole horse comes over, the saddle hits across the back, and that can snap your back instantly. I mean, he, and when, when the horse rolled over, he just lay flat face down on the, on the, on the um, arena. And, um, and I'd, I'd just received Jesus, so I'm thinking, this person can't die, you know, I've got to tell him, you know, I've got to pray for him. So I got down off the fence there and, and knelt beside him and I can't remember really what I said but God give him another chance or do something or you know please help him you know you're the God of second chance and um, anyway they rolled him over and um, all his face was full of dirt. His eyes were um, you know had, had were just caked with dirt and his mouth was full of dirt and um, they, they opened his eyes and if you've seen an animal when they, their eyes are open and they, they're cloudy you know, that that's doesn't look very good. And so the ambulance person put, his, put their finger down his throat, pulled his tongue out of his throat because his tongue was down his throat as well. And um, now he's on his back and they've pulled his tongue out. And, and um, all of a sudden he went, I think I broke my nose. <laughs> and I tell you what, the joy that that gave me to know that God answered my prayer, you know, when... when when a few weeks later I was the biggest heathen you've ever seen, a few weeks before I was the biggest heathen you've ever seen, now God's answering my prayer. And, and, um, and he just, um, they took him away. And um, the next week I actually saw him at a rodeo and, and, I, and he was just walking around. And I thought, I thought um, what would Jesus say? And I, I didn't know any scriptures much at all, but um, I, I thought, what would Jesus say? Because his miracles happen. You know, I don't know what to tell him, but miracles happen. And, and I said, are you riding today? And he said, oh, when the horse went over, you know, it hurt my thumb, you know. And, and um, I, I, said, I said, the king, I said, I, I don't know about all that, but I said, the kingdom of God has come near you. And, and he just, he just um, kind of looked at me blank, like I would have done, a bit, you know, a while ago. And I, he just looked at me, and then he, then he walked away. And then, and then after a while, he came back, after, you know, a few rodeos, he came back. He said, what were you talking about? What were you talking about? This, you know, um, back there, and I and I told him again. Told him every. By this time, I'd learned some more scriptures, so I told him all the scriptures under the world. And he just he just looked at me again, and then kind of walked away. A few months later, he comes to a church service that we had at the rodeo there, and give his life to the Lord. That's seed time and harvest, you know. And just a, it's just it's just amazing what God will do, um, you know, if if we'll just walk with Him, and that's what He wants us to do. Take that next step with Him, and so so. Um, it was really amazing. One of, the, one of the things that happened at the schools there, um, I was having the schools and I always get to share with the people. I've never had anybody say, you know, um, walk, get up and walk out, but I share with them about how, um, that we, you know, we're spirit, soul and body. We have to, you know, we are a spirit, we have a soul and we live in a body and talk about the physical aspects of riding, you know, and the, the mental preparation you know, who to be around, success by association, all about your mind. And I said, and your spirit, man, that's, that's your real man. And I tell them about how, how we're separated from God, how to receive Jesus. This is at a bull riding school. And, and, um, and people just sit and listen. I said, oh, it's not fair for me to tell you the whole thing about riding and not tell you about, what, about life. And they just listen and listen. And anyway, um, um, and I don't talk for very long on that, but it's seed time. It's seed time and harvest. And, um, and, and I said, you might be here today and you might um, thought this is the last place I'm going before I take my life. And, and um, I don't know why I say, even said that. But, but at the end of the day, a guy walked up to me and he said, I was that person. 
He said, I, I, I um, was about to take my own life, but he, sa he said, I, I saw the school advertised, so I came to it. And so, um, um, and, and now that guy is married, he's got children, he's, he's, instead of being dead, he's alive. He'd give his life back to the Lord. He came up in a Christian family and he was going to do that. So it's, it's, it's there for everybody. So, so um, and it's just amazing things. So there's, there's so many amazing things that God will do with just an ordinary person and he'll do extraordinary things. And that's what, that's what God wants to do for us today. And, um, and I was thinking about this as grandparents. You know, one of the things um, as grandparents, you're getting on in years and stuff and you you know, and that sort of stuff. And, and, and what can happen is um, we can lose our vision and our, our dream, and, our, and, and, um, and, and we need to maintain that vision and dream. And, and get in, if we if we've passed one one situation, we need to go to the next one. We need to God God wants us to have a relationship with Him and work with Him in every phase of life. And so um, I remember this on that dairy farm that I bought, was brought up in Tenerfield there, and and um, my dad would say, you know. Um, I see people just work and toil on the farms, you know, they'll get up all night and, you know, if a cow's having a calf, they, you know, or this or that, or they've got to get hay in or, you know, it doesn't matter. They just, they just work and work and they're healthy and that. And, they, and then um, because they have a, they have, um, a purpose and then they, they retire at 65 and then move to town and live for one year and then just die, you know. And, and I thought about this. He, we used to talk about that when we were little kids. I used to hear that. And I used to wonder why, but now I know why, you know. You can have a great dream and a vision and purpose, and then when that purpose is over, um, if, if you don't get a new one, you'll, you'll, the Bible says without a, without a vision, the people perish. Another way of saying that is without a vision, the people cast off restraint. And so you start to go backwards. And I, my message this morning to grandparents is get a new vision, Start again. Start and, and do something great. Um, what's the next phase? We're not retiring. We're getting better. <laughs> we're getting, you know, if, when, you, when you're young and you're 18 and you're lifting weights and, you know, you're trying to impress everybody, um, you don't need the weights at 18. When you need the weights is 50 plus. <laughs> That's when we need the weights. That's when we need to eat right. That's when we need to exercise um, again. That's when we need to do those things and get a, a new vision and a new dream. And so, um, because if we, if we don't, we'll start to perish. We might, we might be a bank manager. You might, have, you might have be a, um, um, a successful business person and have built great things and then retire and then, and then all of a sudden you'll go downhill. But you need to get a new vision because I tell you why you need a new vision. Those little grandkids need you to pray for them. They need you to be around for a long, long time. And so, so it's really, really important. And the other thing that I was going to say was, you know, it's such a joy to see um, grandparents and, you know, those little kids running around and, you know, there's so many great things. You know, it's the greatest time of my life. But you might be here and you might, you might um, be the person that your grandparents, the grandchildren don't talk to you. You might be the, um, the person that, that it grand being a grandparent hasn't been fun. It hasn't been what everybody, you know, you see those other people and it's not fun to you. I know what, personally what that's like. But I've got some good news for you. And that is this, that you get connected with God and do what God tells you to do and pray and be there 
And um, those things will change. That's the good news today, that it doesn't matter how bad your situation is with your grandchildren. Um, um, you know, we can be joyful, everyone's joyful, but there's, there is cases, uh, you know, where, where people are not joyful. But God wants to see everybody joyful. God is not a, a, a respecter of persons. He wants to see you have that joy. And the way we do that, we, if we've never received Jesus or we're, we're away from Jesus or, we're, or whatever, um, we need to come back, get in that good relationship with him and pray constantly. Pray, Lord, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done in, in my grandchildren's lives, in my children's lives and that, and it will change. I can guarantee you it will change. I have seen it change. I'm a living witness of seeing it change. And so, so it's, it's just so, so important to do that. The other thing that might have happened, you know, the older you get, the more you get knocked around. You know, we've weathered more storms, you know. Some people have weathered a lot of storms, you know, and, and you might be here today and you might have been divorced. You might have, you might, you know, things are not good. Or you might have lost a loved one, or you've lost a business, or you've lost this or lost that. What that can do sometimes is, is put the brakes on on your life. And, you know, I, I, um, I don't know if anybody here, but, but um, you know, I look on Marketplace. If anyone look on Marketplace, but, but um, on Marketplace you can buy absolutely anything, and lots of them. And so, um, and you can spend way too much time on Marketplace. But, but I saw on Marketplace one time there was a real nice bulldozer, and I kind of like bulldozers. I cleaned the hired one off a guy and cleaned up our place out, Kingaroy, and it was really great. And so, but in, in the ad it said that the bulldozer has been sitting for a few years and it's completely locked up. All the brakes are locked up, the tracks are locked up, it's completely seized and locked up. And, you know, um, when I read the ad, I thought, you know, that's how we get if we don't look out. We get seized and locked up, you know, if a divorce comes, you know, um, and whether it's our fault or somebody else's fault or whatever, it takes two to, you know, it takes two to tango, as they say. But what, what we, how we overcome that is we repent, we, we do our part, and then we forgive. You know, the biggest power in this world is forgiveness. If you can forgive, you will go on. You, it'll be just like um, those brakes those that are um, jammed down there that had stopped you in that place 25 years ago or five years ago or six months ago or longer. Um, um, all of a sudden, they'll just start, it'll just release. And your body and your, your whole mind, your, your whole life can, can release into the next thing that God's got for you. And it's really important as grandparents, as older people, that, that, we, um, that we get released to the next thing. And, and um, I, think about, um, I think about Abraham. Abraham was 75 years old and God says, Abraham, leave your country, go to the place that I'll show you. I've got a plan for you. This is the promise. You'll be the father of many nations. So what I do like about the next part of the verse, it says, and he departed. He, he went. And that's at 75. Now, at 85, it didn't happen when he thought, so he's going to help God out. You can still make mistakes in your old age, you know. Um, but at 99, he changed the world. At 100 years old, he changed the world. And that's, you know, in that period of time from 75 to 100 was the greatest years of his life. And it should be for us, you know. And so, um, um, so that's, that's, I was, just had the joy yesterday <coughs> of... Uh, uh, my, my brother and um, 
his wife, my brother's wife's uncle, um, wanted, wanted to get married, and they said, "Would you do? Would you do their wedding for them?" And I said, "I said, yeah." Um, and they started telling me about. It. He said, "He's 88. He's 88 years old." And I thought, "I wonder how old she is." <laughs> she's 88 years old and eight days, so she's older than him. And I thought, "Yes, that's exactly what we're talking about." And I can guarantee you, um, we, we had a. a the most awesome day yesterday with two 88-year-olds getting married, starting on their life. And that's, that's what we need. See, we hear so much, we're winding down, you know. It's, we, we're getting old. And we get around other people that are getting old. And so, um, anyway, here they are here. Um, so, so he's 88, she's, she's eight days older than him. This was yesterday. And they're starting out on their life, you know. And, and um, it's just amazing... Um, it's amazing to me. It, it gives me new life, and it gives me um, um, what's the name that these these two are a quarter of a century older than me. A lot of the little kids here think that I'm old, <laughs> you know, but they're a quarter of a century older than me, and they're starting out on life. And I can tell you, you can start out on life too. It doesn't matter what age you are. You need to get a new vision and a new dream. Um, you've, you've you've probably fulfilled the last one. Get a new one. Yeah, there's always plenty of work to do. There's always a place where, where you're, you can fit in. Ordinary people doing extraordinary things with God. And so the other thing is that you might, you might be an older person and think, I've messed up everything in my life. I've been divorced twice. I've done this and that. Remember, I think about the story. I read the word of God, and that's what we need to do. We see Jesus. He goes to the woman at the well, and he says... Um, they start talking about water and living water and stuff. And then he says, go and get your husband. And she says, I have no husband. And he says, that's right. You have had five husbands. The one you're living with is not your husband. But, you know, he didn't stop there. Um, he, he talked to her about different things. She goes into the city, comes back and brings everybody back. Says, come and see, come and see the person that's told me everything about me. Right? She's got new life. She's got new hope. Doesn't matter what. Jesus didn't condemn her and say, you've... you've finished um, and so she goes and tells all these people said many believe because of his word because of Jesus own word and so it doesn't matter what you where you've come from don't run from God run to him run to him in these days and so um, so I just want to want to just say this too that um, <clears throat> that uh, that if we if 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 you've never received Jesus as Lord and Savior you might be like like me you know you might be so close but yet so far away. And see, that's what I was. I was close. I'd been to church. I believed everything about him, but I'd never given my life to him. You know, and the, and the word says that he that loses his life for my sake shall find it. And, and, and I just thank God that, that, um, that he, that, um, that I was able to lose my life. There was things that I wanted to do, but it would, I can look back now and I, it would have been a mess, you know. But, but because I lost my life for his sake, I found it. And, and at 63 years old, I feel, I feel like I can do more now than I could ever do. I feel like more purpose than I've ever had. You know, I see those young people come and, and that. Um, now, at least we know something. We're not just guessing it now. We know a few things that we can help. We can take them another step. And so... Um, I want to give you the opportunity this morning to, uh, to receive Jesus as Lord and Saviour. Now, what, what we'll do at World Cup Rodeo, 
um, in, that, in that hall, there's just cowboys there. Now, we know everybody. There's not that many. There's not hundreds like there is here. There was, about, there was probably about 30 or 40 of us, and we're real close, and we know everybody. So we're not going to walk to the front. I would never have walked to the front, I can guarantee you that. But what they did was they said, we're going to pray and ask Jesus into your life right where you're sitting. And I was ready. At that point, like I said, I was ready. And you might be ready for that today. And so I'm going to give you an opportunity to do the same thing today. Right where you're sitting, to not embarrass, because you might have friends and family think, gee, that person, um, I thought he was a Christian, right? This will give you a chance to give your life to Christ right where you stand. What, right where you sit tonight, the, today, sorry. The other thing is that what it does, it trains the person. See, you don't know if the person sitting beside you was like the, the guy that came to the school and thought, this is the last thing I'm coming to. This is the last church service. This is it today. You don't know that. So you can pray out aloud and, and help that guy beside you or that woman beside you. You can pray and, and, and they will have life come into them. They'll go from death to life and you'll be part of it. And so because you need to be in a place, um, the, the law of Genesis is that every, everything will produce after its own kind. So we should be able to lead somebody to the Lord in the workplace, come across an accident in a car and be able to lead someone to the Lord. I'll give you an example. Um, when, when I was in, in 1988, my, my brother... He, he, um, I've got five brothers and a sister. There's seven of us on a dairy farm. I mean, we there's plenty of us. But anyway, we, um, um, I was out at, out at my property there and I heard this motorbike coming and it was just howling along and I knew he was doing... I mean, he, my brother's got a Z1000 motorbike and he'd, he'd um, been doing at least 160, 180 kilometres an hour and he's come belting along and I see him coming and he pulled up right beside me and he said, my marriage is ruined. He said, if you can't help me, I'll get, I'll, get this, I'll get this bike and I'll ride straight through them trees. And that's, I could see in his eyes, um, that's, he's just going to turn that throttle and ride straight through the trees on my property. And you know, um, the beauty of it was that, that in that time, I'd had some instruction of how to lead him to the Lord. And, and um, he wasn't about, oh, come to, it wasn't like, come to church on Sunday, we'll, we'll fix all this up. Um, he, he's wants, he wants answers now. He's ready now. He, he's seconds away from riding through the trees. And, and I said, you can't... Ha-, I, I started to think, what will I do? I said, you can't handle your life anymore. And nobody can without Jesus. I said, you can't handle your life anymore. He said, okay. He probably knew that, <laughs> you know what I mean? And so um, he said, what will I do? I said, get off the bike. <laughs> I said, get off the bike. I thought, that's about the best place that he can be. So he got off the bike. He stood there. I said, repeat after me and receive Jesus as Lord and Saviour. He stood there and he received Jesus as Lord and Saviour right there. He prayed after me. And then, um, and then when he finished, he said, what will I do now? I said, you need to be baptised. He said, how do I do that? I said, tomorrow morning, because by then it was dark, I said, tomorrow morning, come down under, underneath the bridge and I'll baptise you. This guy's... This guy's not church kind of person, you know, so we're not taking him to church. But, but um, I, I thought, come tomorrow morning. He came the next morning. I baptised him under the bridge and, and I spent yesterday with him. This is 25 years ago. And so um, and, and instead of going and seeing, having, having a look at, um, you know, visiting him in the graveyard, I was able to spend yesterday with him because of the love of Jesus.
and because of because of um, because of how simple it was to go from death to life. And so, if you um, so, let's just everyone. This is how we'll do it. Everyone, bow your heads, close your eyes, and I'm going to pray a prayer and just pray out aloud. And if you and um, pray out aloud and, and pray after me. So, Lord Jesus, I ask you to come into my life and be my Lord. And be my saviour. I repent from my sins. I thank you, Heavenly Father, that as many as received him, the Lord Jesus Christ, you gave them the power to become the children of God. I thank you that I'm now your child. And I commit the rest of my life to you. In Jesus' name. Just keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed. And you know, there's, what, the, what they told us was um, down there all those years ago, they said, if you, Jesus said, if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father in heaven. And so if you've prayed that prayer and you know in your heart that this is the time, this is the time that I've prayed. This is, this is the, I've, I've answered to the best of my ability, I've answered the call that God has, um, has on my life this morning. I just want you to lift up your hands and then put them back down again. Just lift it up wherever you are. Just I see those hands. I see all those hands. Just lift them up and then put them back down again. I want you to. I want you can look up now. I want. I want to say this. You know the Bible says that there's more joy in heaven over one sinner that repents. And I want to say this to the ones that put their hands up this morning. Your life has just begun. This is the time to start. This is the time to launch out. This is get baptized. Start reading the Word of God. Fellowship with strong Christians, strong believers, and, and God will give you the vision and the dream that He's and the destiny that He's got locked that He's had locked inside you. I want to thank you for the time that you've um, um, that that to be able to share this morning. And um, yes, yeah, so I just thank God for each and every person that that especially those that. Raise their hands up today. This is this joy in heaven today. Thank you. Tim, thank you so much. If you haven't got a Bible, you made a decision for Jesus today. We have Bible parks at the front here. You're welcome to come and take one. And I, and I feel prompted. If you want to have one handy in the car or somewhere um, for those people in your life that you're praying to know the life-giving truth of this word. Maybe you know someone you can underline a verse for and hand them a Bible. You're most welcome to take a Bible pack. We want to pray as we close our service this morning. Again, can we thank Tim for coming to share with us? Pray over your ministry. Yes. Jesus, we thank you for your word today. Thank you for your spirit touching people's hearts, God, awakening them to truth and life and hope in you. I want to pray over the visions that you're seeding in this service even today, God. Dreams that maybe people have let go of that are just starting to come to the surface again. I pray, God, for those who have been feeling stuck Lord, we ask that your Holy Spirit would come, 
that we would see a shift, a momentum, Lord, a fire that ignites a longing for you. Lord, we don't want to advance our own dreams and plans here. We want to see your kingdom unfold. Heaven come to earth, Lord, in all of these things. Lord, we thank you for Tim's ministry. Thanks for saving him as a young man those years ago. Thanks for the opportunities that he has, God, to speak into people's lives. Lord, I pray your blessing over that property out at King Arroy, that everyone who comes would know the power of the living God. Lord, we thank you and we praise you here today. In Jesus' mighty and powerful name, amen. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, church.